Hello, my name is Dylan Arvella and welcome to the Football South Coast Weekly. There was a ton of action over the weekend with 58 goals scored across the 12 Premier League and District League matches, which works out to be 4.8 goals per match. I haven't looked deep into the archives, but I'm pretty confident that could be a record. The goal trend continued in the women's Division 1 with 16 goals across the four matches. We have a packed show this week to discuss these leagues and more, so let's get to it. Still going. Can he provide the service? Gets to the byline, cuts it back. It's a great chance, and they have come flying out of the box. We will kick the show off with the Illawarra Mercury Premier League, and I'm delighted to be joined by Bulleye number 9, Ben McDonald. Thanks for coming in. No problem, Dylan. Uh, Bulleye put Fernell to the sword over the weekend. Eight goals to nil, four goals either either side of half-time. Five different goal scorers. It seems like a pretty comprehensive effort. Yeah, we, we played well going forward, but um, Fernhill, to be honest, had a good chance early on in the game, and if they had scored that, then who knows what could have happened. Um, they've had some good results, but we just executed our game plan after the first 10 minutes, and things happened well for us on the weekend. On to yourself, you've been with Bly for, for over a decade now, um, well over 100 games, well over 150 games perhaps, we were discussing this before, and not, not too sure, and I imagine... Um, Plenty, plenty of goals as well. I know that 66 league goals over the last three years. So what's been the secret to your success with the club? Uh, I think the secret would be a lot to do with the good players I have around me. I've been lucky to have the whole time I've been at Bulleye full of quality players and also some quality coaches as well. So I just have to go and do my job and I'm lucky enough to score some goals. Well, you're definitely doing your job, um, especially I'll take you back to what the three or four years ago when you scored 27 goals, which was probably up there with uh, your best season with the club. Um, and also, we're joined by Football South Coast reporter and Albion Park White Eagles under-23s defender Jordan Warren. Uh, he'll also be on to discuss the district league, but just a quick, uh, quick question about your under-23 side. How are, they, how are they shaping up this season? Yeah, we're going okay. Um, we're, fit, we're, we're coming sixth at the moment. Um, We've had a couple of good wins, solid wins. We won five 0 against South Coast and six three against Picton. Um, it's the the biggest test is going to be the the um, the bigger side, shall I say? Um, but we're a close bunch of lads, and I think that um, we can band together and get some good results this season. Yeah, it's a very um, interesting company under twenty threes this year because obviously they've got the top few sides, including Bulleye and Wollongong United, and then there's a big gap. A big group of teams that are sort of fighting out for the other positions. So, but let's get let's talk about first row, the upcoming round, round six of the competition. The first game that we're going to discuss is Wanuna v Port Kembla. The the Sharks are yet to get off the mark uh, so far this season. They were beaten by Cringilla over the weekend. Port Kembla they were pretty ordinary in defeat uh, to Tarawana on Sunday, two goals to nil. Two pretty desperate sides. I'm leaning towards a draw. Uh, Jordan the White Eagles went up against. Um, Port a few weeks ago, they got a draw against them with, with a, man, a man down. So, what's your tip for this match? Look, I think that um, uh, Noel's side will be will be hurting after the loss against Tarawana last week, um, and especially that they've conceded ten goals in the first five games. That's um, something that he'll want to rectify. Um, look, and with Wanuna, um, not the best starts. They definitely need the three points in this one to get their season going to avoid a, uh, a relegation scrap at the end of the season. Uh, in terms of my tip, I'm going to go with Port Kembla in this game just by the fact that I know that uh, Noel Spencer will have the team raring to go for this one. Mm -hmm. And what's are you, Ben? Uh, I'm going to go for Port Kembla as well. I haven't seen them play, but I don't think they will lose two games in a row. Yeah, well, Port Kembla would be the favourites. However, you know, Port Kembla, they did trail Picton a couple of weeks ago uh, early on. So I think Wanuna, I'm going to be sticking with the draw for them, get, get them on the board for the season, the next match, Wollongong Olympic v Cringilla at the PCYC. Olympic produced perhaps the result of the season on the weekend by thumping Wollongong United four goals to nil, while Cringilla bounced back from defeat uh, against Tarawana the week before with a win over Wanuna, as we mentioned, three goals to one. The big news, though, coming out today is that their coach, Cringilla's coach, Wally Savor, has left the club to take up an opportunity to coach MPL2 side St George FC. Um, it's, it's a bit of a shock because obviously Cringilla have gone fairly well this year and they did really well last year. So any reaction to that? 
yeah, that's massive news about about the coaching staff. Um, I don't. Yeah, it's going to be a um, interesting reaction by the Cringilla Lions on the weekend against an Olympic side that are on such a high. Um, I don't think that they'll need much getting up for this game. Um, I'm pretty sure that Stefan Demoski um, will be very ready to go in that game, playing against his former club. Yeah, Perez as well. And Perez. Uh, so yeah, it will be a massive reaction. But the first game's always the first game with a new coach is always the one that you need to look at for sides like Cringilla. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure who's going to be taking the reins at this stage. So that'll be com- coming out over the next few days. Um, I'm also, I'm going to go for an Olympic win here, uh, regardless of whatever happened with the coaches. I would have went with an Olympic win here, and it'll be interesting to see they potentially might rest players as they have Apia coming up midweek uh, in the FFA Cup. Then. Olympic have been Bulleye's biggest rival over the last 12 months. Three epic matchups in that period of time. Last week, perhaps your side was a bit lucky to come away with the three points. Um, how do you how do you see Olympic? Yeah, um, Olympic are a really good side. They've, uh, if you look at the team, certainly on paper, they're one of the best sides in the league. And um, over the last couple of years, they've they've gelled really strong as a team and definitely last weekend they probably deserved something out of the game against us but we were fortunate I guess in a way to score that goal towards the end um, I do think they'll win on the weekend I think they'll be too strong and for the the chase of the league title obviously it's early days but do you, do you point them point to them as your as the as Bulleye's main threat I think it's it is still early to say without having played uh, all the teams yet, but I do see Olympic as definitely one of the big threats. Um, United, obviously, quality. And then there's Tarawana, uh, Port, and other teams like that that will always be up in there towards the end of the year, also. Okay, so I'm going with Olympic. Ben, you're going for Olympic, and you were Jordan. I'll sit on the fence for a draw. Sit on the fence for a draw. New manager bounce. We'll see how it goes. Um, it's also interesting to note that the side he's taking over, St George FC, play Bulleye uh, in the FFA Cup. Uh, next week, which we'll, I'll get your comments on that match soon. The next match that we're going to talk about, though, is the Battle of the Rangers, Picton v Coromel. Um, Picton, they find themselves at the bottom of the table. The last couple of results haven't been too bad. 3-2 against Paul Kembla, which they led in that match 2-0, and 2-0 against Albion Park. Um, Coromel, though, they smashed South Coast United five goals to nil, so I can't really see anything other than Coromel winning this tie, wouldn't you say, Ben? I haven't seen Coromel play yet, but they've been having some good results, so I'll go for Coromel to win here also. And Jordan? Yeah, it's a bit of the unknown with Picton Rangers every year, isn't it? Um, even though where they are on the table, um, it's always tough to travel to Picton, as every team knows. Uh, in saying that, Coromel have had some exceptional results, um, most specifically that 1-0 result against Wollongong United, which puts United under a lot of pressure. Um, but in this game, I personally can only see Coromel getting the three points here. Yeah, they're definitely on a bit of a roll here. So yeah, three points for the Coromel Rangers in this match. And now we're on to the three Sunday matches, which we're going to start off with Fernhill v Wollongong United. Fernhill, they've in a sense come crashing back to reality with that massive defeat on the weekend. Um, and, and they're going up against a wounded Wollongong United side who, despite their injuries, have been seriously underperforming. How do you see this one going? Well, you know they have so, so many big players, don't they? Um, Checkley, Munro, Matthews, McNabb. Um, it just it sort of baffles to to see how they're, they're in the position they sort of are in mid, languishing mid table. Um, yeah, I can see. I definitely think that United. Um, this is the game that they need to step up. But in saying that, I do like the way that um, Bruce has spoken about his side, even in their crushing loss to Bulleye. Um, I'm picking United in this one, but I don't think it'll be as far-fetched as everyone may think. Mm. Fernhill obviously have a few quick attackers that, um, other than Bull, I have they've been able to exploit some, some the other teams that they've played this year, other than Olympic, who also kept it kept a clean sheet against the Foxes. Do you see them able to get anything out? Of, see, do you see Bruce Tillside being able to get anything out of Wollongong United? Uh, I don't think they will be able to this week, but they do have some good players. They're number nine up front, very handy and quick and works hard all day. He didn't stop running against us, even eight goals down, he was working hard. 
um, and he'll cause plenty of teams trouble this year and score plenty of goals, I think, but I do see Wollongong winning as well. Yeah, so three Wollongong United wins here. The next match is Tarawana up against the Albion Park White Eagles. This match is at Tarawana Oval. The Blues picked up their third win on the spin on Sunday, and I caught up with their coach, Peter Willis, after the win over Paul Kembler. So let's have a listen to what he had to say. Now I'm with Tarawana coach Peter Willis after he slides around five win over Paul Kembler by two goals to nil. A really strong result for your side and really your season's back on track. Yeah, it was a solid performance from everybody. You know, um, we, we've in what last three weeks we've really um, talked about what we need to do and uh, and everybody's um, bought into it. You know, we got players coming back like Ricky Goodchild today. Uh, Stoney came back in the reserves today. Um, you know, and we still had Melando who was sick during the week. He didn't play. So you know, it's a, it's a good squad. You know, and obviously we got um, a good few games coming up um, with the FFA Cup and the Bampton Cup in during midweek so it's um, it's a good it's a good performance from uh, from us yeah. talk to me about your front front three of uh, Bradley Acehead of Jared Fish and Liam Unican they really linked up really well today and yeah. two of them scored really good goals yeah well we've we've been working on that and obviously we've got uh, Corio Kabucha who's, who's comes into that recognition as well you know so we've got a good balance between them and um, and uh, mixing it up uh, and and, and uh, they are working well together, you know. The, it takes a while sometimes, to, you know, to get that understanding between, you know. And, and again, we've um, we've worked it in training uh, um, uh, where they should be running and what they should be doing, and you know, in the last couple of weeks it's coming to fruition, and, and you know, we're just going to continue on it. And big game against Albion Park next week, a top five rival. What are you focusing on this yeah. week? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> They just go through the uh, the same things and and we'll talk about uh, Albion Park on Thursday. You know, uh, obviously um, uh, they've uh, had a strong start to the season and uh, you know they're, they're a dangerous dangerous uh, side. You know, but um, you know we're more concerned about us really and, and what we produce. You know. No worries. Enjoy the result. Thanks. Man. So with that, Tarawana are pretty much back on track. But this is a pretty tough match for the Blueies, as Avian Parker, one of their direct rivals. Jordan, you have a obviously both feet in the Avian Park White Eagles camp, so I won't get you to give, give a prediction on this match. But do you have any comments? Tarawana are always a, a tough opponent, um, especially with Peter Willis at the head of the side. They play very uh, attacking, good possession football, um, similar to Avian Park White Eagles under Paul Carter. Um, Look, it'll be a, it'll be a very close game. Um, just in terms of the White Eagles, we definitely need to. Um, well, the White Eagles definitely need to look out for their attacking options, such as Bradley Asif, uh, Liam Unicum, Liam Unicum, Jared Fish, Jared Fish. Um, so yeah, um, it'll be a very good, entertaining match for the neutral. Yeah, you, you like you mentioned their front three of those boys have were really impressive. They were really impressive against Paul Campbell on the weekend. Um, which Peter Mil- Peter mentions. Tarawana, they have an FFA Cup game in the midweek as well, up against State League side University of New South Wales. Um, the Avenue Park White Eagles, they're playing SD Raiders in the FFA Cup on the same night. I was I did notice on the team sheet, uh, Hikiru Kawasakiya was back in the lineup. He didn't get on the field, but that's a positive for the White Eagles going forward because, as, as we were discussing before, uh, Perhaps goals have been a bit bit dry at the club. Yeah, certainly. Uh, uh, um, Hikaru is his name in the club. Uh, he provides such an attacking outlet. He gets out of the say the tight areas very easily that some players just can't. Um, he's just an outlet for like when we're, when the wide was are playing out from the back. He is an outlet to hit the ball to to find our uh, forwards such as Chris Gomez. Uh, but he is a big boost to have when he's in full flight. Yeah, I imagine once Gomez and Hikaru, Hikaru um, start getting that partnership going, that would be really, really good to watch. Uh, so, Ben, can I just get a prediction for this match? Um, well, I think this one might be a draw. I think Tara have come into a bit of form and had some good results, but Albion Park looked like a strong team as well, so I'm going to go for a draw. Yeah, that will continue the White Eagles unbeaten start to the season and I'll tell you what we'll make it two draws and uh, I'll be going for the white uh, I'll be going for a draw as well so on to the last game South Coast United against Bulleye uh, 
this is this is going to be played out at Dandaloo. Um, it's going to be a really tough ask for Greg Vallis's side. However, they did lead Bulleye in both matches last season. But um, Jordan, are you able to able to see anything other than a Bulleye win here? Well, it looks very likely, doesn't it? But in saying that, with South Coast United, despite the goals they conceded, I think that the way they set up is very um, how we'll say they set up from the back. I think, and once that uh, Greg Vallis gets that to click. I think that they'll be very gritty and very hard to beat. Um, whether that comes this week against a high-flying bull-eye side um, with Ben, um, I'm not too sure. Um, personally, I think that bull-eye will come away with the, with the points, mm. but you never know with South Coast United. I do also know that South Coast United did have Josh Brooks back on the bench this week, so that will give them some attacking outlet potentially. Uh, but I can't really see uh, South Coast United getting any, anything out of this match. Uh, which you know isn't is no shame in that really. So I'm just going to ask if we're going to ask you a few questions about Bulleye. Obviously they have that game against St George uh, on the Wednesday after. Any thoughts on on that heading into that match as well? Uh, bit of the unknown St George. I know that they're in the MPL two and most sides of the MPL two are uh, pretty good standards. So I know it's going to be a very tough game when we do play them. They'll be well organised and I guess Wally going there now will know a little bit about us and we won't know much about them so it'll be a tough match but I think the boys will be confident if we play our best then we've got every chance of going through. Obviously you came so close to getting to the national draw last year mm. going down to one of the best sides in the state in uh, Blacktown. Um, has Matt Bailey outlined an FFA Cup run as a key part of the season or is it just take each each round as it goes? I think it's a bit of both. Like, obviously, we want to have a, a, a strong cup run. Um, Bales is definitely keen. The boys are all keen because it's such a great opportunity for us to potentially play against a big team. But first and foremost, it's got to be the focus on the league, and we've got to put that first. Um, but, yeah, definitely we want to have a good cup run, and it's going to be very tough against St George. Yeah, that'll be a very interesting match, I believe. Uh, the club's confirmed it's a balls paddock. Uh, 7.30 kickoff on the 2nd of May. Um, and I'll ask you on the season more generally, obviously last season ended in a disappointing manner. However, you can't really take away the fact that it was one of the best best seasons from a side in probably the last 10, 10 years. Um, but what some of the targets that Matt Bailey set for the side this year? Uh, we just want to go out each week and try and win as many games as we can. Um, I don't know if we have specific targets or not, but look, we, we go into every game trying to win. Um, and if we do that, then obviously we're going to have a strong season again. Um, personally, it'd be nice to finally win a grand final, but we'll have to wait and see September if that happens or not. Um, obviously, we want to defend our premiership, um, good cup run, but Bampton Cup coming up as well. So there's plenty of trophies on offer for play, and we want to get as many as we can. Yeah, in the Burp Edmonton Cup as well, you've drawn Bulldog United uh, in the first match for the Premier League, in, for when the Premier League sides come in, so that'll be a very interesting match-up as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Benny, I just wanted to ask you, you've, been, you've seen a lot of uh, Bulldog over the last uh, decade, we'll say. Um, the addition of Mitch Del Turco this season, um, what outlet does he provide for you guys, and is it any... Uh, is it a lot different to the outlets you've had, and you've had many over the past decade in Bulldog? Yeah, I think Mitch has been a really good addition to our squad. Um, he fits in with the boys really well, and he brings an extra quality that we probably didn't have as much last year. Um, he's not as direct as, say, Marcus or Dylan out wide. He's someone who can uh, hold the ball up and slow the play down when it needs to. Um, he can speed up when he needs to as well. Obviously, another goal threat up front for us as well. Um, and also just gives all of us more competition for spots. So that competitiveness at training is really, really important for us and being one of our um, reasons for success, I believe. Do you think it's fair to say that, so over the last, you, you scored 20 goals and 27 goals in two successive seasons, but over the last few years, it's been around the 15 goal mark. Do you think that's because of the other goal threats such as Margus coming into the side, Dylan Lewis coming into the side, your Harry Callians and now your Del Turcos have sort of taken the pressure off you in some sense? Oh, I don't, spread the goals around? I think it's great that lots of people are scoring and I don't feel any pressure that I have to score each week. Um, definitely having more players out there that can score plenty of goals. We, we've always had players that scored goals, whether it was 
Fishy or Julian or whoever it might have been. But yeah, last last year we had lots of players scoring, and it um, just makes it even more of a handful for the other team. And I'll just chuck this one in at the end. Uh, the game against Tarawana, obviously uh, a missed penalty, but uh, tell us about the goal about 10 minutes later. Uh, yeah, so I did miss a penalty and the supporters gave it to me a bit and then I was lucky I scored it. I was actually quite lucky the way it went in. Then I just went over and had a bit of banter with the fans on the sideline. I knew a couple of them anyway and I knew that there was nothing too hard in it. Uh, he's had a good chat after that one, that was for sure. But it was actually... Uh, Quite a good finish. Um, was it off the chin or? No, but it wasn't very clean. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, with that, that's round six of the Illawarra Mercury Premier League wrapped up. Jordan, you're going to be sticking around, but Ben McDonald, you're off. Best of luck for Sunday and the rest of the season. No worries. Thanks, Dylan. That's a dink over the top. Oh, it's something special. And that's why there's so much optimism about him. The South Coast Flame travelled to Wagga Wagga over the weekend to face a Wagga City Wanderers outfit desperate to get their first win of the season. They managed to out-enthuse the Flame and secure a 2-0 victory. Here is Flame goalkeeper and captain Matt White after the full-time whistle. Now I'm with South Coast Flame captain Matt White. It was a really disappointing game from you guys today. Yeah, obviously didn't get the result that we were hoping to get when we come out to Wagga. Um... You know, it just wasn't our day. We had plenty of chances, um, you know, but credit to Wagga and especially their goalkeeper who pulled off many um, great saves today. Do you think that um, given that you've had some decent patches in games against two of the better opposition in the last few weeks that you thought you, it would be an easy win today? And perhaps uh, the side got a bit ahead of themselves? You know, it's hard to say. Um, the boys are really... Um, pumped up before the game. We had a really good warm-up today, much better than we started last week. You know, we we set out today to really take it to Wagga and I think it just sort of opened us, opened ourselves up a little bit. Um, but, you know, it's very disappointing coming all the way out to Wagga and not getting the three points. Um, you know, we've got another game on Wednesday and hopefully we can do it. And are you confident you'll be able to respond to that match? Yeah, I'm confident the boys will bounce back. You know, hopefully this is... The uh, wake-up call that the boys need um, the last few weeks, it's been very disappointing. But as you said earlier, we've had some patches where we're playing good football. Um, and hopefully, you know, we can play 90 minutes of good football on Wednesday and hopefully get the three points. The under-20s secured their third win in a row with a 6-0 victory with doubles for Johnny Vikoroski and Daniel Lucas. The result pushes the side into the top five. Neil Maneff is their coach, and here is what he had to say after the match. Now I'm with under-20s coach Neil Maneff, a 6-0 win and a really comprehensive display from your side today. Yeah, the guys put on a good show. It was, um, it was good to see that they actually continued on from last week, really. Um, it's always hard to travel away. Uh, the, there were a bit of mixed results from the Wagga team previously, so we weren't sure what to expect. And, you know, they were pushing the ball around well, as, as well as us, you know, early on. But it was really good to see that the guys continued on and um, a couple of goals up earlier on, uh, but finished it off in the second half, which is the major importance. The second half continuing on didn't stop to the end. That's what I really was more focused on. And some of those goals, especially in the second half, was some really beautiful football. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Uh, the longer we go on, the generally uh, the better we get. Um, our, our fitness tends to keep us going. We don't sort of change pace too much. We continue on, and they seem to go harder. And, and with that in mind, they actually get in the space. They look to play the ball around, looking for more options, which um, was good that they did that. It wasn't just kick and chase, yeah, for sure. And a chance to go four wins from four uh, in the, on Wednesday. Well, that's the aim. That's for sure. The, um, the expectation is that we go to win, that's for sure. This, uh, this week was just the, the next step, and we're not going to be um, turning back from that, that's for sure. We don't go anywhere just to get a draw. The under-18s went down in a tight encounter, three goals to two, with Ethan Len scoring his second goal of the season. The Flame play FC Ghazi Auburn on Wednesday afternoon in a round one makeup match before backing up against Prospect United at Korean Park on Saturday. That match kicks off at 5pm. To follow these matches, follow at SC Flame FC on Twitter. Chips it forward. Oh, here's a chance for Carroll. They have a second. Round three of the Builders Club Women's Division 1 was played over the weekend. Albion Park had their third 6-0 win in succession 
this time beating Russellvale. However, the other three matches were really close affairs. Thrill edged Kaimark two goals to one for their first win of the season. Balgowney secured their second 1-1 draw of the season against Winuna, while Fern Hill had a narrow 3-2 defeat to University. Emmy Scopel scored the Foxes two goals on the weekend, and I dialed her up to get her thoughts on the first three weeks of the season. So now I welcome Emmy Scopel onto the show. Thank you for coming on. No worries. Thanks for having me. So tell me a bit more, bit more about Fernhill's start to the season. Obviously, three wins to start, uh, three defeats to start the season, isn't great. However, two close results against two of the division's better sides. Yeah, um, it hasn't been our best start to the season. We've been um, held back by injuries and um, people being unavailable on holidays and that kind of thing. So we've kind of had to just go with what we've got. And at times it's been frustrating because we are so close to that win or that draw and we're just not getting it over the line um, at the end. But hopefully from this week it'll be onwards and upwards and we'll... Um, have some players returning from injuries and um, be able to get a win. Yeah, and you've got a pretty big match this weekend up against Kayama, a side that's potentially going for the, uh, the that fourth position or that place in the finals along along with Fernhill. What's what's the main thing that your girls need to improve upon to in order to get a result? Yeah, uh, I think our communication is, is a big thing. We're a relatively new squad this year. We've had a, um, a big rebuild. Um, so I think just the players knowing where each of us is going to be and being able to, to make those passes count and, and, and obviously finishing on the opportunities that we create. We haven't had a lot of chances, but when we have created, we've managed to finish. So that um, is obviously a positive for us um, going forward. And, I mean, I, I haven't seen Kyla play. Um, it's only what I've read in the match reports, but... Obviously, they're going to be a tough team to beat. Um, some of their players we all know from previous seasons. From I think they've got a few from Port Kemba. Um, and their keeper is obviously very strong, so we'll have to really be working hard up front to put one away. Yeah, it should be a pretty pretty close encounter. I want to I want to get your thoughts on who has really impressed you the most out of University and Winuna, who are currently second and third in the table. From talking to coaches and players in the preseason, Uni were marked as a side who could potentially push Albion Park this season. While Winuna, they had a really strong season last season. So you've played both of these sides so far. I believe they clash uh, in round seven. Who's who's impressed you the most out of those two? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, Winuna and and um, Uni, sorry, they played a very different style of, of football. Um, Winuna's a bit more, I guess, gritty and sort of um, has a bit more tenacity on the ball and they're really sort of um, going at it, going at it. Uni tends to play the ball around the back a bit more and, and wait for those openings to thread the pass through to get that shot on goal. Um, uni has a lot of key midfielders and attackers who, if given the ball in a threatening position, you know, they, they'll nine times out of ten they'll score the goal. Um, so I would say Uni may get the upper hand on Monuna, um, but Monuna's just got that. Um, Just uh, I'm yet to see you, the unicorns play, which will change on Sunday when I go and watch them play against Bowgani. But just my comments on Wanuna, they they were pretty good against a determined thrill side a couple of weeks ago. Um, they I do I appreciate what you've said. They really do like to sort of uh, bomb down and counter attack sides, especially down the flanks. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. Sonide Bailey, she got the winner against Thoreau, and she also scored against Balgowny on the weekend, so clearly she's having a solid start to the season. And really, that leads me into my final question, which is who overall has impressed you the most, perhaps through the results? Uh, obviously, Albion Park keep on keeping on, so perhaps we'll, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave those girls to the side at the moment. I'll put my, forward my nomination first, which is actually Balgowny. Two solid points against Kayama and Wanuna. I know they're quite a young side, and their coach, Joel Canvin, told me that he's really happy with uh, both of those matches, and he's just looking for his side to be competitive and improve week to week, which which I guess seemingly um, that's what they've been doing in recent weeks. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm in part because I, I don't have the opportunity to go and look at the other teams playing because they're usually all on at the same time. But um, Gowding obviously has a strong core that they've built on from, from their um, under-21 side, I think it was. Um so I think they could be a force to reckon with um, once they come together and, and really get some, get some points um, on the board. I'll know more when, I, when we play them, but, um, yeah, you could be, could be on something there. Otherwise, I think uni, if uni can stick together and maintain their players through that mid of the, like middle of the season when they normally lose the players because they go home or they go on holidays or they go on exchange, that kind of thing, if they can maintain their core, they they may be um, the ones coming up definitely into that top four to, to reckon with Albion Park. But um, history sort of says that uni will, will weaken in that in that middle of the year time. So perhaps it is the year for Balgowny. They've been in Division 1 for a very long time and, um, you know, it might be the time it's their year to, to step up and, and um, really be a force to reckon with. Yeah, well... Obviously, early days, so it would be very interesting to get your thoughts on that in a few months' time. But for now, Amy Scoble, thanks for coming on, and good luck to the Foxes going forward. No worries. Thanks very much. For more on the Builders Club Women's Division 1, check out Simon Duffin's Round 3 review, which is up on Football South Coast Match Center. Now they search to take that advantage. Nichols going to try it. Oh, he's going to come up with something special. And from 2-0 down, they're 3-2 in front. On to the final section of the show where we will be talking about the WGC Cranes District League. Jordan Warren rejoins us, but also joining us is Thrill Thunder goalkeeper Josh Williams. Cheers for coming on. How are you, Happy to be here. You've been with the club for a fair while now. Last year was a really strong season for yourself. You were nominated for Goal of the Year, just getting pipped at the post for that award. So, you know, what's kept you around the Thunder for all these years? Uh, mate, there's a good bunch of people there. Um decent blokes they um sort of like a family community sort of thing i think everybody's sort of on the same page there they're um very helpful outside of the soccer side of things as well you know if you've got a problem they're, they're pretty lending a hand and lending an ear um yeah good bunch of people mate i've got a lot of good friends there um it's a pretty easy bunch of guys to get along with so it's just easy to to go to train it's close to home as well so you know i don't, I don't really like to travel that far so yeah, it's just a really good club to be at, like a good family community atmosphere. And I guess the side being fairly competitive over the last few years uh, has sort of helped that as well. Um, but we're going to be talking about the first grade obviously soon, but that's what you're on here for. But I want to mention your reserve grade, the Rezies. Massive start to the season, six wins in a row, 42 goals in that process. And I'm pretty sure Thrill are up there for the club championship as well. So just a word for the the reserve graders. Mate, it's... um. It's always a it's always a good good asset to have when you've got you know that extra five six seven eight nine ten guys that can play first grade on a regular basis and they're they're just chomping away in reserve grade waiting for their chance mate you know you know someone goes down injured or you know bad turn of form you know there's someone always biting at your heels to to take your spot and and the boys are just you know they're punishing teams at the moment they're playing good football you know they're scoring goals I mean that's that's a plus. Like if you're scoring goals and not leaking too many, you're going to win a lot of games. So, well, that's what's happening in the first grade as well. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think um, you look at this, the season, look at last season. The top three in first grade were the top three in reserve grade yeah. as well. So, yeah. I guess that means a strong reserve grade, strong club. In yeah. Many yeah. Ways. Well, it's, it's always good to have backup there. I feel like um, you know yourself. People go away throughout the year. You know, 
you know, you lose injuries, you know, if you lose four or five key guys, you know, and if you if you haven't got the cover there sometimes you can you can sort of struggle. But, you know, as you said, the three teams last year they, they all had good first grade and reserve grade sides and they and they had plenty of cover across the park there. Yeah, so we're gonna talk more about your first grade side obviously a bit later on when we talk about your match against the Bergani Rangers, but let's get into the round six preview. The first game, Berkeley v Shell Cove. The Goats they were thumped by Rilla over the weekend, six goals to nil, while Shell Cove had a 3-2 win in the Shell Arbor Derby. Berkeley, uh, they've now lost four league games in a row, so it's a bit hard to tip them in this one. Jordan, you saw Shell Cove against Belambi a month ago, and you saw them over the weekend. A marked improvement or just playing against weaker opposition? A bit of both, to be honest. The game that I watched, uh, first of all, they played a very red-hot Belambi side, and they lost 4-0 when Andrew Keep. Uh, rip them apart essentially in the second half coming off the bench um, but in saying that on the weekend against Oak Flats they were very I wouldn't say poor but they weren't at their best in the first half but second half they definitely came out firing um, and Gaddy Mabani was the game changer scoring three goals he um, the Oak Flats defence were struggling big time with his uh, playmaking and, and ideas up top um, yeah I, I think that in this game that if Shell Cove can get things right, along with their defence, as they did on the weekend, then it's their game for the taking. Yeah, it's they've been pretty inconsistent in some sense, Shell Cove, but uh, Berkeley haven't showed showed anything since round one. So I'm going with a Shell Cove win. So what about yourself, Josh? Yeah, mate, we haven't seen Shell Cove much yet. I haven't even seen them in a pre-season, but we played Berkeley a couple of weeks ago. Um, they're not a bad side. They, they've got a couple of good players there in, in the middle of the park and... And at the back there, they've got a couple of quick guys. But um, yeah, I, from what I've what I've heard around the the league, I think Shell Cove are going to be too strong for for Berkeley in this one. Yeah, so through Shell Cove, see, I, I will say for Berkeley, I, they were one of my outsider for making the top five, but they ha- just haven't the results. The results in the end mostly don't lie, especially by the margins. Um, next up, Kaiama against Helensburg. Uh, the Quarriers, they lost to Belambi on the weekend, three goals to nil, which, you know, isn't that bad of a result considering the scores the Rosellas have been putting together. Helensburg, they smashed Uni 8-1. Uh, so, you know, they're coming on in a bit of goal form. This is the longest road trip in the association, um, but I'm still confident the Berg will get the biscuits in this one. Yeah, we actually we've actually played Helensburg a fair few times to start of the year. We we got them in the preseason in the Bampton, and we had them round one, so we've seen them a fair bit. Mate, they got a they got a young side. They got they got a couple of quick wingers there. I mean, their their left hand side winger. He's probably one of the better players I've seen in the last couple of years. He he whips in a lot of quality balls, and he's quick. And yeah, like we played Kyle the other week. Obviously, they conceded six. You know, a bit shaky at the back. I think Helensburg has got too much firepower. You know, up front. Yeah, I'm tipping probably four or five nil. Win here, I think. Yeah, it's it's hard to really tip anything anything other than that sort of win, wouldn't you say, Jordan? I would agree, but uh, there's never much expected of Kaima, is there, really? Um, but Curtis Campbell's got them playing a very good brand of football, I think, um, possession-based style, which is for most of the te- most of the teams in the league do try to do this. But um, they do have a lot of firepower up front. It's just the defence that they've always sort of, I'd say, struggled with, especially this season and seasons gone by. Um, but I think that Brad Boardman's side will pick up the three points on that game. Yeah, so three Thistle wins here. The next match, the third match that we're going to discuss, Oak Flats Falcons up against the Balambi Rosellas. The Balambi continued to lead the league after their win over Kayama. Um The Falcons, they lost to Shell Cove. Uh, they still have the quality to be a potential banana skin in this match, but do you envisage there being a... An upset at, at Keith Bond Oval on Saturday. I definitely can see it. Uh, that game two weeks ago against Warilla was a banana skin for Warilla, and Oak Flats took them to the cleaners essentially. Um, if you're not up for it, a game against Oak Flats, they can definitely punish you. Um, in saying that, Balambi are a force to be reckoned with this season. Um, I'm going to sit on the fence for this one, a draw. A draw, interesting. Yeah, mate. Um... We played Oak Flats a couple of weeks ago there, and he's exactly right. You never know what you get with that side. They um, they've they've got the players there to change a game, and if you let them into the game and invite them on, mate, they they play they play football around the middle of the park quite well. And uh, I mean, we only beat them one nil. We weren't at our best that game, and and they they give it to us for most of the game. I'm, I'm going to stick with Jordan. I think 
I think they could they could cause a draw here in this game, mate. I've... Well, this is this is quite interesting. I thought uh, I was going to be the outsider and be by tipping a draw, but draws all around in this match. But like like where I said, obviously you know um, the Falcons did lose on the weekend, but the mm. likes of mm. Magic Manila. Mm. Um, Michael Wilson, they've got plenty of quality players, and I notice uh, Frank Seed's back in goals, which, you know, he's got the potential to really be one of the premier keepers in this competition. So, yeah, three draws. How about that? Ends, uh, Belim, potentially ends uh, Belimbi's uh, winning start to the season. And another team that has also won all their matches is a team we're going to discuss now in Coniston, who travelled to Coolabong Oval to take on University. The students, they're, they're really struggling, conceding 16 goals in their last three matches, and potentially it could get pretty ugly this weekend. Uh, with Coniston, you know, beating Bergani, the previously unbeaten Bergani, four goals to one. Uh, they trailed the Rangers at halftime by a goal to nil. Dinko Terzik was the man to really turn things around for Rod Williams side with four goals in about 25 minutes. So, yeah, Coniston win here. Yeah, I definitely agree with that assessment. Uh, they seem to be buzzing Coniston after that uh, spirited performance against Bulleye, um, where they, from what I've heard, outplayed them for large majorities of that game. Just unlucky with a, a keeping a keeping error. Um, and University have only picked up one win all season. That was against the only team yep, so below them, win, against yeah. the Unidera Hearts, which they're in a bit of a, a shambles as well. Um, so yeah, I can I definitely would pick uh, Coniston in this game for the three points. Yeah, mate. I'm I'm uh, I'm in the same as Jordan, mate. I've I've heard the same thing about their game against Bulleye in the FFA Cup. They're a bit unlucky there, and mate, they've got some quality players they picked up this year across the park. Um, ben McGuinness is a is, is a good goalkeeper in goals there, and uh, Dinko's Dinko's a quality striker, mate. They're going to be hard to beat this year. You're going to have to be. I think you're going to have to be on your game to beat them. And yeah, I can't see University travelling to be much here, mate. I think Coniston might get away with the points. You know, three or four nil there. I think. Yeah, I think that's a that's a pretty short short odds for that one. Uh, and the next match it involves your side, the Thrill Thunder. You guys are heading to Judy Masters Oval to take on the Bergani Rangers. Bergani's incredible start to the season came to the end, came to an end with that defeat to Coniston, uh, but they've still laid a pretty good platform for us for us the season potentially to make a run for the finals. Uh, through a massive test, really considering um, considering both sides are on twelve points. Uh, and the Thunder, they warmed up for this match with a 5-1 win over Unendera. I'm going with a Thunder win, uh, Josh, but what's your tip for this one first up? This has to be the match of the round, surely. Uh, it will be a close game. Uh, Balgani have scored half the goals that Thoreau have scored this season, though, um, which I think will count for a lot. As as well, Thoreau have the second-best defence in the league. I'm picking a Thoreau win as well, but it is going to be a very good clash. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this one turns out. The Thunder, they've, they've gone under the radar, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, for most of the, really, really honestly, no pun intended, for yeah, most yeah, of the season. But there they are, you know, one win off the top, and um, after making three final series in a row, they're still a genuine contender. Yeah, mate, um, there's a good atmosphere around the club. You know, the boys have got a lot of belief there that, you know, we can match it with the, the big sides around the around the league. and. We just keep putting in the hard yards of training. The boys keep turning up consistently. and I've, We have had the best defence the last couple of years in the league, as you mentioned, and that's something we, we sort of wanted to start our platform on a couple of years ago. You know, we wanted to be a defensive side. You know, if you don't leak too many goals, you're generally going to get yourself a fair few wins in the season. And, and this year we've sort of, a, sort of tried to attack more and develop sort of an attacking style more as well while trying to keep that defensive... Um, defensive mindset that we've had and I think it's 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 paid off really well in the first you know six rounds of the season the boys have kept the defensive mindset and, and we've seen glimpses of um, the, the way we want to attack and, and we have been putting goals away which was last year we sort of towards the back end of the season we sort of struggled we know we're getting the one nil wins and that and you know sometimes that you know one nil's a, a tough score line in a game you know it's you never really you know on top you know there's one goal one goal and someone's back in the game so as Jordan said, it, it always is a close game. Bergani's always up for this one. It's sort of like a, a derby there, and yeah, they're always up to beat us, mate. There's, there's no way about that. They um, they uh, we played them in the preseason game, and they, you know it was one all. But uh, they have picked up a couple of players from what I hear there. They've got uh, Ant Oliver and and Scott Mowick. So they're going to be very tough at home. Um, we're going to have to be on our side, on our game. I think 
I think it's going to be one goal in it, personally. I think it's going to be a, a one-goal game. Uh, I'd like to, for it to be more, but I think it's going to be tight. I, I, I think we're going to win, but we've got to turn up and we've actually we've got to play to the best of our ability because if, if we don't, they're going, to be, they're going to be chomping at the heels. I mean, they got, they got beat last week, so they're going to want to be right back up into the mix there, you know. You don't want to drop too many points in this league, otherwise you can see yourself slide down the ladder very, very quickly. Josh, I just wanted to um, go on with the fact that uh, how you guys have uh, had the, the second best defence in the league so far. Um, but also the fact that at the other end, there's been, I think, seven different goal scorers. Yeah, it's yeah. a very shared goal tally. Um, it's a bit, And that's been a consistent formula from seasons gone by. Yeah. Um, what's the formula? Well, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a belief that you don't always just need, you don't always have to have that one player that, you know, you need to, him to score to, to win a game. Um, we do do a lot of, uh, like, a base shooting practice at, at training where, you know, everybody's expected to, to get through the drills and, you know, guys are always wanting to score. As you, as you know, you get put up front, you, you know, guys want to score goals. So guys are definitely hungry there and I think it starts from the back. I think the fact that we're so good defensively, like these guys, they always help out getting back and I've been lucky enough to play in front of a great defence the last two years there. You know, one of the, you know, one of my mates there plays about Daniel. He's a, He's a great centre back, you know. I reckon he's probably up there for one of the best. Bondi, the, Bondi, yeah, one of the best in the competition, mate. He's he, he digs in, gets a lot of heart, and we got and we got a, we got one of our old clubmen back in Nico Beaton this year, and he's he's quite solid back there. So if you've got two good centre backs, you know, playing out from the back and, and getting forward, I think that also helps. And and Nathan in the middle of the park, you know, Nathan Mucci controls the game fairly well in there. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's. It's the belief of one person has to score for us to win. I think I think it's just a if we go out there with the mindset that we're going to play as a team, I think everything will unfold in front of us. And if a chance uh, uh, presents itself in front of goal, I think most of the boys have backed themselves to to be able to take that chance and, and put it away at the end of the day. Um, and and that's what you want as a goalkeeper. You know you want you want to be able to keep them out at one end so the boys can put them away at the other end. You can get the points at the uh, end of the day. But yeah, it's been very balanced the last couple of years, and and it's it's always be seems to be that way, and I think it's always going to be that way because there's always the shared load there of the team effort, and there's not really the drive on you know some teams have got that one sharpshooter you know like Coniston you know they've got Dinko and he seems to be their marksman sort of thing, and we don't really have that sort of marksman up front. We've sort of just got guys that are interchangeable in certain positions. So I, I think on the day it's you know whoever gets a chance to put one away sort of just rolls with the punches and puts them away if they get a chance and I mean that's a great a great feeling playing at the back knowing that you know you've got a side where anyone can basically contribute and score on, on the scoreboard you know just need that one bloke to put one away yeah well it's a formula that's obviously definitely working for the Thunder uh, so that particular match G Masters Oval 3pm on Saturday you said going for a thrill win through a win yeah, yeah through a win for mine as well and obviously you're going for a uh, through a win Josh the last game of the of the round rather Unidera v Rorilla Wanderers um, the Hearts are at home in this match Rural beat Unidera 5-1 on the weekend while Rorilla continued their pretty strange season uh, with their aforementioned big win over Berkeley despite the Wanderers' inconsistency, it's hard to not see him winning this match. Jordan, you've seen you've seen Barney King's side a few times this season. What have you picked up from watching them? He demands a high workload every uh, week, no matter if it's working or not. <laughs> um, I think that his, his persistence with the number nine that they're using, Jeremy Lopez, is quite effective. Um, he's missed a few chances that I've seen, but he's also bagged a few, and it'll come eventually. Um, and I just want to... Uh, make a word out for um, the winger Jesse French that they use as well. He's very uh, electric on the wing um, and he provides a massive outlet for them and when they get it right um, he's a massive danger for any defence especially a defence like Unanderas. Um I definitely think that Barney King's side will get up in this one um, and Unandera uh, uh, fighting for their spot in the league even at this early stage. Yeah. Do you think the inconsistency with Varela perhaps comes down to the amount of players that have changed from last year? And like you've mentioned, Jeremy Lopez is in a more attacking role this season, something that he's not really familiar with. That's probably the reason behind their inconsistency. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Yeah, I know Jeremy's played um, in, mid in midfield a lot of his career, um, and it always takes time for a new side to gel. Um, it can't happen overnight. It'll take Barney King's side 
the first half of the season to get really where they want to be. But once they hit that form, then I think they are a definite title contender. Look, let's be honest, in the end, he wins the grand finals, so that's what's going to be happening. <laughs> anyway, for this match, um, Marilla win. Josh, Marilla win. Yeah, mate, look, we played Unidera last week. Uh, as Jordan mentioned there, defence is out. They've got a lot of experienced guys at the back there, but I think sometimes, as you said, if they've got a couple of quick wingers, I think it's going to catch them out. Um, Don McGill's really good on the ball, um, so if they get him into the game, you know, they can they can play. But I think I think their heads and their morale is just, from what I gathered last week when we played them, you know, that it's just a bit down at the moment. And, and if they really want to stay alive, as Jordan said, I think they need to come out in this one, and this is a must-win for them. Um, otherwise, they could see themselves seven games outside of points, and, and that's a big that's a big thing in this league, you know. If you have seven rounds in, you haven't picked up any points, so... Look, I'm going to tip Marilla. I haven't seen him play this year, but I, I still think, from what I've seen in Unidera last week, I think Marilla was going to be too strong. Yeah, it's hard to tip uh, the hearts at this stage of the season, so until they sort of turn things around with some results, it's going to be hard to, as I mentioned, tip them. Yeah. And really, that brings us to an end of the Round 6 preview of the WGC Cranes District League. Josh Williams, thanks for coming in today, and good luck to Thrill going forward. Thanks, mate. It's been a pleasure, and thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Dylan. And yeah, hopefully we can keep flying under the radar a bit there and keep picking up a few points, so that'll be great. Yeah. And Jordan, thanks for your insight for the uh, Premier League and District League sections. Uh, no reports for you this weekend, so best luck for the Albion Park under-23s up against Tarawana on the weekend. Thanks, Dylan. Well, Troy's going to try it from distance. What a goal this would be! It's oh, absolutely unbelievable! What a goal! Danny Troy from inside his own half. That brings us to an end of this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or any other podcasting service by simply searching for Football South Coast. Also, like us on Facebook at Football South Coast and Football South Coast Match Center and follow us on Twitter at FSC underscore official. South Coast Flame are on Facebook at South Coast Flame FC and on Twitter at SC Flame FC. My name is Dylan Arvella. You can find me on Twitter at Dylan Arvella. And until next time, enjoy the football. <laughs>